God is a good God. Yes, he is. God is a good God. The mic's working. I said he picks me up, turns the mic around, plugs it in, and it makes sound. I said a miracle working God. Please don't let me start church up in here, guys. The, the mic wasn't working, and it's working now. And by grace, this episode will get done. Period. Hey God Works fam, welcome back to another episode and I know what you're thinking, you think I can just come back to you guys like hey, hey, how y'all doing with my tail between my legs because everybody knows or you guys know that this episode was long overdue, especially there now guys like exam season, everything like Ooh, the pressure is coming and the trials are trialing and the tribulations are tribulationing. And trust me, one at a time, you girl is just trying to get through the next hour. And yeah, so that's what brings us here today. But guess what? You girl is here and by grace, through Christ, by faith. I don't even know if I said that right. <laughs> I'm here with another episode to talk to you guys. And this week's episode is called dun, 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 making up a bag of noise planted so as per usual and on a requested update about how my life has been going so far so uh, recently i've had some very low moments that i will talk about on another time but Right now, I really do feel like God just has me at this place of humility and he's just guarding me. And it's like he has me in this little bubble, just walking through life step by step. And I'm not going to lie. I don't hate it. I feel so close. Like right now, I just feel so close and so grateful for everything that he's done that it doesn't even matter. Like I'm, I'm living... In the, I still got joy in chaos. I'm living it, okay? If you didn't know, that song is Firm Foundation by Maverick City. Listen to it because you should. (laughs) Like, the song says, I have joy in chaos. I have peace that makes no sense. I'm telling you guys that that is where your girl is at right now in life. Okay? So, without further ado, let us get into the episode so i sat down and i was praying and i was talking to god and i was asking him please help me to form an attitude of gratitude so in reflecting and i don't remember what it was or who i was talking to but i think i was praying and sometimes and and i heard a voice was like sometimes you have to look back to look forward right and I was looking back and even my teammates brought it up the other day of how far we've come to like get to this moment, right? And of recent, one of the most dominant feelings that I've been feeling is that 
I don't deserve to be here. And I'm just like, I realize that at every stage in my life, especially when I accomplish something that I've been setting out to accomplish, or like I'd have this, I, cause me, I have this long little journey and each stop along the way is some kind of milestone that I'm supposed to hit. You see, when I get to those milestones and I achieve it, it's like, yeah, I'd be happy for like five minutes. But then it's just like this overwhelming feeling of, do I even deserve this? Like, did I work hard enough for this? Like, there are other people more deserving of this than me. And I think that's called imposter syndrome. Uh, I will Google it. No, I, will, I won't even Google it. I'm pretty sure it's called imposter syndrome. Um, Google it yourself if you want to know more about what that feels like, but it's actually a diagnosed, well, I wouldn't call it an illness. So, so I'm going to say condition where you don't feel you belong or deserve the things that you've worked so hard to achieve. And I said, guys, I hated feeling like that. It makes me feel so guilty and paranoid and anxious. It's not nice. It's not a nice feeling and I wouldn't wish it upon my worst enemy. So where I came up with the topic of planted, it's with the quote or the hashtag or the like small little title under it where where God plants you, no man can move you. So I realized that most of my accomplishments in this life, it's like they weren't supposed to be there. It's just like, and when I was praying to God about the imposter syndrome and how I felt like I shouldn't be there, it was just like at the end of the day <laughs> for most, if not all of my accomplishments, it was like, I wasn't supposed to do it. Like I really wasn't supposed to do it. And I'm going to give you guys three prime examples of times I wasn't supposed to. So the first time that came up in my head was definitely how I started track on you people. Um, it's in an article in the green. If you Google it, you'll find it, but like, I'm not sending you to go read the article. Um, upon 12 years of age, I was transitioning to high school. And for those who are not Jamaican, Jamaican systems place you in a high school based off your academic score on this regional, well, not regional, on this national exam. Fun fact. And I was placed at a high school that's known for, like, smart people. Like, it's one of the more prestigious high schools, quote-unquote. Not based off money, because if it was money, I wouldn't go. <laughs> but based off um, academic achievement. So I got placed at the Immaculate Conception High School for girls. That is an all-girls Catholic high school. Do with that information what you will in how strict they are or imagining uh, how the school is structured because, trust me, it, it was not free for all at all. And how I started track and field, please note, this school is not even predominantly known for track and field. They're known for swimming and they're known for tennis. Two things of which your girl is not competitive in. And I saw this summer camp. I got placed in the summer camp and I went and I went and I tried track and field for the first time, right? And do you guys know that TikTok? <laughs> I really hate to bring up TikToks, but you know, the one where it's like, lose weight if you big. Being big gonna make you, you know, lose weight if you big. Don't be like me, big and can hardly breathe. You see, big and can hardly breathe, that should have been the title for my first day at track and field practice. Because A, I was definitely the largest person there. Because as I told you guys, 
I wasn't small. <laughs> like I really wasn't small. I was I was a bit rounder and probably more square. <laughs> I know you just be like this girl don't love herself. I love my body, but it's probably more square now than back then. Back then it was more round. And I was definitely to put it bluntly, I was the fattest person on that team. <laughs> and I was also new. Uh, I was also not rich. So for the three necessities to be popular, I had neither. So it, none of them. Because it was I wasn't skinny, I wasn't rich, and I, I most definitely wasn't popular. Like, nobody knew me. And I didn't really fit in. I struggled to fit in. Probably, I'd say the first three... Um, what do you call that? The first three years of high school. High school first starts at grade 13 and ends at... Starts at grade 7 and ends at grade 13, by the way. And I genuinely didn't fit in. And clearly I wasn't going to be a runner. Clearly I wasn't going to be a jumper. (laughs) Clearly I wasn't a sprinter. And let's not even talk about middle distance. Because middle of which distance? Please. Please. Take it away. Go and sit down. Because that is not... It's not possible. (laughs) Like, I was not a runner. So it's like the coaches were trying to figure out what to do with me. And I guess the decision wasn't very hard. We said, hmm, big girl equal heavy ball. And they put me together and they threw shot put in. Ta-da! Here we are today. But even in doing my sport, there were so many moments where I wasn't supposed to win. Or I had all right to feel like I wasn't supposed to be there. Like, I really was... I probably wasn't the most talented athlete when I started out, but I definitely had three things. And it was a determined spirit. Like, one thing about me, if you give me a task, even if I don't know how to do it, I'm going to find a way. Like, God really gave me a determined... a determined mind and a drive to put my mind to anything. And bless my parents, bless my Aunt Mary, so rest in peace. Bless my family, who's just harvested and supported that dream because trust me the the skills have varied varied to dance to drama to sign language to art and they've supported me through it all big up the family wherever they are and the willingness to fail which i think is so important oh god i could do a whole segment on why you have to be willing to fail but we won't and the last thing is a great big mighty and wonderful god that can take a mustard seed type of faith and command a mountain to move please thank you and as i was saying even in my sport there's so many moments where i felt like or i didn't even feel like like there were literal there are literal statistics that like there's a prediction list and it literally said I was not going to medal at that championship. It said, I think they put me at eighth, <laughs> eighth place. And those prediction books, whoever wrote them, I really hope you're having a fantastic life because at the time, that would have hurt my feelings. But I didn't read the prediction books because my coach told me not to. But I'm telling you, every single championship possible, if you look at the predictions for the years that I were there, my name's not within the top three. Like, ever like ever (laughs) and i'm gonna give you guys a list of championships that i've ever won or done something significant at and please this is not me showing off but this is me giving my testimony as to the great and wonderful things that god can do so starting with boys and girls championship which is a national high school championship in jamaica uh i have that won that twice at the class two stage, which is ages 
15 to 17. I'm going to say 15 to 17. That might not be completely correct. At a class 2 level. And I have the record for the class 2 level. And then we can go on to the fact that I was a regional medalist at the Caribbean Games called Carifta. Please, I wasn't even supposed to be at Carifta. And it was by God's grace. Uh, I was a youth Olympian. <laughs> Let's talk about me being a youth Olympian. Based off that record that I set that I wasn't even ranked to win. Please. And the last thing was pen relays. Like, oh, guys, fun fact. I get to go back to pen relays this weekend. I don't know when I'm going to post this episode, but just know that this week is the week I'm going to the pen relays. And what a nostalgic time. You know, moving on. Uh, yeah. Boys and Girls Championship pen relays, Youth Olympian, Regional Medalist. And I'm telling you, there's so many other accolades and titles that have come to me because of these positions. And for none of these positions was I predicted to be there. Like, I was not predicted by man, but I was definitely established by God. Because I'm telling you, when God says you're supposed to be there, ain't nobody gonna move you. Like, who gonna move you? Hmm? Who? Like, (laughs) stand up. Like, stand up firm and strong because no one can move you as long as God placed you there. So I tend to talk about my athletic accolades more than my leadership roles and accolades. So one of the biggest leadership positions that I've ever held in my life, apart from, like, captain of track team or captain of athletic-related things, is I was running, or I ran for the position of head girl at my school. Head girl, for those who don't know, is like the equivalent of student body president with way more things to do and way more responsibilities and way more running up and down to fulfill the needs of administration and the needs of the students. So... For running for head girl, usually it's either the smartest girl or the richest girl. Simply because of like campaigning, it has it requires money to campaign because you have to buy the cartridge paper. You have to have the team assembly. You have to have time, money, and effort. None of which I had because I was training every single day. I was definitely not the most loved. <laughs> I was definitely not the favorite of staff or anybody in the administration I think the only person at the time who really like saw me and had any sort of particular respect or admiration for me was the actual principal at principal at the time and we called her sister Angela because as I said I went to a catholic high school and it was run by nuns um mayor so rest in peace she died the year I was leaving high school and yeah but she didn't even have like respect for me as a leader it was more of a yeah star athlete you know the girl that gets the the one of probably five or six medals that used to come back to my school every single year daniel slowly the leader it was it it i don't even i don't even want to say it took any convincing because i didn't even try to convince anybody it was just like i know what i had in me and anybody who knows me like truly and deeply knows me knows my leadership qualities and they know that i'm qualified for the position even when i didn't think i was qualified for the position and yeah running for that position which was head girl was I want to say tedious, but it it wasn't. I wasn't stressed out about it, I guess, because I still had track. And track was really what had my heart, soul, and 
time and effort at the time. So it was just like, if you didn't win, that'd be okay. Cause you still have the track team. You're still captain. You're still house captain and you still had stuff to do. So it's just like, neither, neither here nor there to me if I won, but I still tried anyways, because hello, if you put it in front of me, I stated earlier, I'm going to do it. <laughs> I'm actually going to do it and I'm going to give it my 110%. So even when the day of speeches came and everybody else had their perfect little binders and stuff going out to address the school and basically sell ourselves or promote ourselves as to why we should run for head girl. I literally went up with half of a folder leaf of paper, half of a sheet of paper with some words scribbled down, scribbled down. And I definitely winged that speech because even the principal asked for it afterwards and she hasn't seen that speech to this day. So, <laughs> cause it was definitely winged, winged, winged. I I didn't have any real words. I just actually I think I woke up late that morning and I just needed some words to go tell the school and all I did was go up there with nothing but me, myself and I. And I don't think I mean at the time the most unqualified I've ever felt for a position was when I was running for that position cuz people me- people let their opinions known, okay? I teachers let their opinions know that people shouldn't vote for me because I'm not qualified because I've done this because I've done that because I've condoned this and I've condoned that in my life. And I'm just like I I don't think I've ever come under so much scrutiny <laughs> in my entire life than when I was running for that position. Even after I got the position. Oh, spoil the end of the story. You guys are one. <laughs> and yeah, I was nominated head girl for that year or those semesters. And I came under so much scrutiny, so much, so much criticism. It's just like, no matter what I did, I would not have been enough for these people because there was always somebody who they thought was more qualified. And what I loved about being head girl was the fact that it taught me to truly and intrinsically not care. <laughs> not care, not care. Because I'm like, me, women... You know, I think it's so funny. We're just like, oh, how men tear down women. Nobody can tear down a woman like a woman can. Because trust me, I've had, I've heard some things about myself that I didn't even know. Like, I I didn't even know I was that horrible, (laughs) you know? And I've definitely heard people try and attempt to tear me down. And it's definitely an attempt because it didn't work. Well, maybe one or two times it worked. But after a while, they threw their bullets and... All I did was bob and weave, duck and bob. Like, <laughs> like I was definitely playing Matrix with every single bullet that they threw at me after a while. And trust me, to get to that place took some crying, took some praying, and it took some fantastic encouragement from some fantastic friends. I had the best friends in high school, and they're still my friends today, and I love them so much. And... It took people trying to tear me down, constant criticism, constant bullets to help me to grow a thick skin and to like genuinely not care. If it wasn't constructive, it flew right through my ears. And I'm like that to this day. And yeah, I'm telling you guys that there are so many times in high school that I did not feel enough especially running for head girl for that position. And I'm just like, there's always voices saying, you're not qualified, you're not doing this, you're not doing that. And it's like, what does she bring to the table? What do you mean? (laughs) 
What do you mean, what does Daniel slowly bring to the table? Daniel slowly brings Daniel slowly to the table. And that is enough. And it took took so much for me to realize that that is enough. Because at the end of the day, I sat down and I realized that I don't want to be respected because I people please. I want to be respected for who I am, for how I do what I do, and how I do God's work. And as long as those three boxes were chick, tick, 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 tick. What well, anything else is extra. Like, I like me. God likes me. Your like is extra. And God planted me in that position. I, up to this day, I can't tell you what convinced the whole student body to vote for a girl who just throws a ball very far. But I was enough. And through God and Christ Jesus, I was enough. And that enoughness was enough. To take me through. And you'd think. You'd really think. That the older you get. Is the less likely. You would be to compare yourself. But that's actually simply not true. Coming to college. There's nothing but comparison available. It's like. <laughs> you you thought. You came out of a little fish tank. With you and probably three other fish. And you're like. I used to compare myself to two fish. Now you're in the shark tank, comparing yourself to shark. And then one day you got thrown into the deep blue sea and there's nothing but comparison around you. It's just like the older you get, the more comparison there is. But that's the close and the tighter you have to cling to your God and trust the fact that he placed you where you're supposed to be. You don't have to look left. You don't have to look right. You look straight and you look up to Jesus because he's holding out his hand for you. And it's just for you to grab his hand and do and follow him. Follow him to unknown and uncharted places. Because I guarantee you, it is the unknown and it is the uncharted that you will discover some of the greatest blessings. And some of the most vast and unique opportunities that you're going to be like, how did I get here? Because that's me now at Clemson. How did I get here? Because I keep... I love talking about how I got to Clemson because up to this day, I can't tell you. After I think I won the pen relays, the coach took an interest in me. And at that time, everybody was running up and down and doing um, college applications. I applied to no colleges. <laughs> there was a local college in Jamaica called um, University of the West Indies. And they called me to ask me to apply. And I said, do you have a scholarship? You know, it's giving, do you have a wristband? It's giving, do you have a wristband? Energy? And they did not have a wristband. <laughs> so I was like, sorry, I can't admit you don't got a wristband. The wristband being a scholarship. So, and they were not going to mess with me for the free. Because they don't even know me. <laughs> and I just think it's so unique. It's genuinely so unique and awesome and unorthodox the way where God just takes small yeses and transforms them into huge opportunities simply by you saying yes god i'm trusting you you give him all the authority to work wonders in your life and place you in fantastic situations that five ten years ago you wouldn't even see yourself where you are today like i wouldn't see myself talking on a mic in my apartment car downstairs you know not zero dollars in my bank accounts. It might be six dollars, but that's still dollars. <laughs> and yeah. And I'm like, sometimes even in my current place in Clemson right now, 
I am not the most popular. <laughs> I'm still not the richest kid on the block. <laughs> I might not even be the most decorated athlete right now. But that does not mean, and that me, and I say this to any situation that you're in, it does not mean that great things aren't in store. So instead of chastising myself, or instead of chastising yourself, for everything you are not, okay, you're not skinny, okay, you're not thick, okay, you don't have the, the BBL body, it's like, okay, you don't have a degree right now, it's like, and I'm like, you don't have the man, you're single, and yeah, instead of chastising yourself for everything you are not, cherish yourself for all you are, especially in God's eyes. What I think is really funny is that today I was talking to my teammate, um, Favor. I want to pronounce her name on the mic, but I actually might get it wrong. So, no, I'm going to try. It's her name's Favor Ezewuzi. I said that confidently, but I'm sure if she listened to this, she's going to tell me I pronounced it wrong. She, her parents are from Nigeria. Or is she from Nigeria? She has Nigerian roots. And she's also a Christian, and she was talking to me today. And she has a... She holds this, um, and she'll know why I paused and why I'm laughing. She holds this name of God so dear to her heart. And I think it has one of the most beautiful sayings. So, in the Bible, when Hagar was going through everything she was going through, she looked up to God and she gave God a name. And that name was Elroy, which is E-L-R-O-Y. And that is the God who sees me. And I'm just like, can you imagine in everything you're going through and all the plans that you're making and all the stress, the worry, the anxiety? It's so unnecessary because at the end of the day, God sees you. He knows you. Like, he knows exactly how you are, how you're feeling. He knows the path. He knows the past, the present. Like, he's God of the beginning the end and everything in between. At the end of the day, guys, he is Elroy. And I think that, oh, he's so sentimental. Because like Elroy, God who sees me, he sees you. So at the end of the day, guys, wherever you are in life, especially right now in life, whatever stage you are at in life, stay planted. God put you there. So stay planted and let the farmer work. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and hearing me ramble on. <laughs> That's really all I do up here, you know. I just ramble and ramble and ramble and ramble. And I really do appreciate you guys coming in every single time I post and just listening to me talk. I love, I absolutely love my God Works fam, regardless of whether or not it shows and how often I post. And trust me, there's so much content coming your way as we explore how God works slowly with me, Daniel Slowly. Tell a friend to tell a friend.